calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sarah Michelle Gellar of Buffy the Welcome to We Stand Together, a pop culture academic symposium. Mm-hmm, where the pop culture professors, smart people, dumb topics. You know that's right. I'm Lauren Brickman. And I'm Kaylin Bitsagai. And I am fresh out of a <laughs> faculty meeting because, you know, <laughs> she really does work in academia, folks. You know... She legally does, as she often <laughs> points out. <laughs> uh, but unfortunately, there is no major at colleges in standing yet, which is why we do mm-hmm. this podcast. So that supplemental education for adults and, and youth alike. Lauren, educate the people. What is standing? Standing is to be an obsessive fan of someone, something, you know, constantly begging the question, what can't you stand? You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. we are. Uh, do you have a stand of the week? Caitlin, Uh-oh. I'm going to tell you my stand of the week. And I feel like it's maybe been a minute since I, you've had to perform like a wellness check. And I think oh, yes. okay. when I admit what my stand is, it's we're all going to be the right level of concern. Everyone get the DMs <laughs> open to message Lauren. What is? So I don't know why, but. Yesterday, I I suddenly had the impulse to do a rewatch of Chasing Life. Okay. Have you ever heard of Chasing Life? No. The, um, no? Okay. Well, this was a, se- a series that aired on what we now call Freeform, but uh, I believe... I was going to guess it, it had an ABC Family connection. Yeah, I think it was ABC Family still when it was on the air. Um, I believe this show ran back like in 2014. 
15, I want to say, lasted like two or three seasons. And (laughs) it is the wildest show. In the pilot episode, this young aspiring journalist working in Boston she like sneaks into a charity blood drive to try to get an an, oh, <laughs> an no. interview and ends up through because she faints and all this stuff ends up having her uncle who she hasn't spoken to in a long time is a doctor and he's an oncologist and he ends up running tests and she finds out she has cancer. Okay. And this show is about a woman dealing with her diagnosis <laughs> and treatment and you know, who doesn't love a romantic comedy that is centered around uh, death and dying? And it is insane how many episodes I've consumed in the last 24 hours. Wow. Like, I'm unwell. Do we have any stars in Chasing Life? Anyone we'd recognize? You know that the uncle doctor is Steven Weber. <laughs> The way Lauren Brickman just said she was laying down the biggest name in Hollywood. Like, wait, do you hear about this bitch? Steven uh, Weber. Yeah. And in our world, that's correct. Uh, ever heard of Mary Page Keller? <laughs> Somewhat. I kind of remember her. <laughs> ever heard of Rebecca Shule? No. <laughs> what about... Scott Michael Foster. <laughs> Scott Michael Foster is an amazing WB like name. Uh, so I do respect um, him, but I don't I'm not familiar with his. Work. He was on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. So, OK, great. He, I may recognize you know, him. Yeah, you would recognize his very handsome face. Um, OK. Yeah. No, Stephen Weber is definitely like the biggest name <laughs> on the, the show. For me, it wasn't any the time. wings, you know, guest cast come back or anything. It, unfortunately, no. That was well, the that is well, where they failed. I should have been in the right room. I, I do think they would have gotten more seasons had they done that. But Rebecca Scholl, well, actually, no, Rebecca Scholl was on it. I'm so sorry. The woman who plays his mother in law. Or not his mother-in-law, because they are never actually... It's really complicated. Oh, Stephen Weber's character, like, I, uh, dates I would his dead brother's no. wife. No, no, no. But they were together first, but they were never married. But the woman who played Faye Evelyn on oh, Wings, okay. the, old, the elder woman, she plays oh, that's the great. Like, grandmother we on love the show. That. So, yes, duh. I right. forgotten for a second. Anyways, that's what I'm watching is Chasing Life, which did air from 2014 to 2015. So... <laughs> <laughs> the long and storied career yeah anyways that's what i'm standing this week really love it uh shout out to front of the show rachel chapman if she's listening to this episode the always. only other chasing life stan i ever knew always shout out to rachel chapman what about you what are you how, how what's your wellness like this week you know well, i'm concerned about another entity's wellness and that's netflix.com mm. they've been doing bad they lost half their value they might be introducing wow. commercials so i wanted to I'll let you know about a netflix show i like and it's it's surprisingly okay. not one of their many wonderful reality canons but in fact their scripted side something you guys might oh. not think i would like but the witcher it's good. I'm not always into the fantasy stuff, but this okay. stars Henry Cavill, who I enjoy. We both follow mm. uh, some of the same sailing Instagrams. So in, in many wow. ways, we're friends. You know, it's this guy. He's the Witcher. Now, Lauren knows I don't know any plots mm-hmm. of anything that I've ever seen, no. uh, l- let alone this. But I know that he's mm-hmm. the Witcher and mm-hmm. he has a sidekick mm-hmm. and the sidekick's funny. He reminds me of the Chaucer character from A Knight's Tale. I'd oh, say that's the tone that. overall. A little more serious okay. than that, but I, I'm enjoying it. It all of That's it's fun. out season one and two probably gonna be more I don't know hmm. no I have an important question yeah 
are there any former cast members of Wings on the series? <laughs> and that's where I'm hoping for season three. And that's why I don't okay. want Netflix. Okay, okay, okay. I want to, to find under. out, because he's often traveling around, but I want him to go to a castle where he opens it <laughs> and it's that small airport from Wings. <laughs> because that's the <laughs> fantasy people are not unlocking. Like that's that, No one will see that coming. Like the guy no. that was like half a wildebeest, yeah. But then was like, it turns out he was harboring his girlfriend who wow. was helping rape a town. That, <gasps> that shouldn't surprise anyone. Jesus. If you if you open the door and see a little main airport, <laughs> it would be nuts. This is why you should be staffed more often, man. These are the ideas the world needs. Thank you. I have good ideas. Wow. You know what else is a good idea? Leaving us a five-star review, baby. Oh, it's one of the greatest ideas. And, and John Reinman had this idea recently. Oh, it says Caitlin and Lauren are all caps so much fun. We love that. It's cool to discover a podcast that truly covers everything with hosts who are genuinely excited to dive right in. You gotta listen. Wow. Well, if you just heard this, you are listening. So good job. Yeah, you you, did it. You already read this and you're here. And I agree with him. I hate listening to a podcast where people clearly don't like what they're talking about. And those actually exist way more than you think. They're pretty common and it's pretty wild. Well, you know what else we're always excited for? What? A guest, but... <laughs> but today's topic is too big to ha- limit ourselves to just one guest. No. So tonight we are, or today, depending on when you're listening mm-hmm. to this podcast, uh, but the adventure we're going on with you all is another m- voice memo extravaganza. Mm-hmm. Just like our Gilmore Girls episode, we are going to be taking questions and hot takes from stand stands you know and and stand stands you've never met, but maybe you now you'll want to. We've got a whole collection of uh, amazing friends who we're going to yeah. be yeah, hanging out with today. And we're going to be talking about one of the biggest topics ever tackled on this show and that is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This is of course part of ongoing mm-hmm. WB Madness series and it's ratcheted Madness. up to 11 folks because mm-hmm, we are mm-hmm. talking Buffy. Probably one of the most foundational WB shows. Premiered mm-hmm. in 1997 on the WB, was on the WB in mm-hmm. 2001, and then moved to UPN. Was never actually UPN. on the CW, which a lot of people might misremember. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, if you don't know, is the story of Buffy Summers, a vampire yep. slayer who is also a teenage girl attending Sunnydale High with her best friends Willow and Xander and her watcher... <laughs> <laughs> Slash librarian Uh Giles. Mm -hmm. You know. Many more characters are introduced along the way. That's sort of the core four. We're going to talk about much more than them. Oh, yeah. But but Lauren, what are your creds? Are you a stan? Oh, I'm a huge stan. My creds are, I was on the Buffy train from the movie. Yeah. Like, even before the show came out, like, I saw that movie when it first came out. And for whatever reason, the cheer that they do, how funky is your chicken? Oh, yeah. It was like a a huge huge sleepover hit. Huge, huge family hit. Like, if we were in car for more than five minutes, like, someone was going to do it. We love it. So, from the get, was so excited. And actually, when it first premiered, I hadn't really heard about it. It was my mom who was like, oh, that movie you're obsessed with, they ma- they're making a TV show. Yeah. So, it is her fault that she then had to listen to me talk about Buffy right. for the next million years. But I'm I'm hardcore. Like, I still have, I have the, bu- the Sunnydale High, like, yearbook still in my house. I had an autograph cast photo that I got because I wrote to the like fan mail address. I threw a funeral when the, it ended, had its last episode on the WB before it moved to UPN. Mm-hmm. 
Buffy lives. I had a t-shirt that had all the same things that her tombstone had on it. Like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. like psychotic levels of fandom as a teen. I th- This was like the first show that like introduced me to like internet fan culture because it's the first show that like i went to like a discussion board and like read stuff and like buffy taught me what fandoms are yeah really yeah you know i think that makes sense what about you yeah uh similarly i really loved the movie and i do remember seeing ads like print ads for the show Mm. in like 17 and watching it and then along with the x-files these were like the first dvds i ever owned like where i had to have them my mom and Mm -hmm. i i think it was actually hers she had like a cut out of spike like mm-hmm. one of those cardboard cutouts i oh. went to london in 2003 which has been referenced strangely a lot on this <laughs> pod but uh i bought a manchester united scarf just because i was mm. like this is what spike said his favorite team was mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. i had the clotter ring yep. i i bought like the kind of shirts you and i buy each other constantly now <laughs> but that say like sunnydale high and stuff like oh, yeah those were weird like those were unusual at the time like to see someone wearing something like that and i had all of those like they didn't even make them in different sizes i had to just get whatever size was offered yeah 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 yeah. it was probably like a men's extra large but you just you know there was just one available so you're getting it that's what you're getting yeah did a rewatch with my mom and i think i even like downloaded some of the comics which i've never really gotten into comics but i tried yeah you know i tried for this yeah i never really did the comics but i did i do remember getting and really enjoying there was like some books that were like slayer stories but like slayers of the past yes 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 and i was like i was pretty into those right yeah and you know of course i had to illegally download the musical episode and listen to it on repeat every day for years oh yeah i mean if i had like one you know, one thing that I was listening to music on over the last mm-hmm. 20 years, which doesn't exist, you know, from iTunes, Spotify, mm-hmm. moving on and on and on. It would, de- I mean, I mean, some of those songs would definitely rank in like the top five. Oh, yeah. For sure. Rest in peace. For Rest sure. in peace. For sure. I think we have to join, let some other voices join the conversation. Yeah. I think yeah. our cousin Liz <laughs> sent in a voice memo, right? Uh huh. Famously, now that I've attended a Thanksgiving with Caitlin's family, I am part of her family. So now her cousin is my cousin. So, Liz, shout out to fam coming through. Hello, We Stand crew. This is Liz here. Been loving the WB content. I stand Felicity. I stand One Tree Hill. Controversial, I do not stand Buffy. Please explain to me why I should stand and why I should give the whole series a watch love you guys bye wow 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 wow! coming in hot fam uh you know it's some backstory to even why we're doing the wb madness Mm -hmm. was that liz texted me is there a buffy episode of we stand lauren and i were talking about it we're like we need to really address every wb show so Mm -hmm. first of all stan stands your voice is always heard by us and liz inspired an entire series (laughs) based on now what we learn is a show she was not asking for herself and doesn't care (laughs) i've never been prouder as a family member i have to say yeah Uh, because even though i don't Mm -hmm. agree with her opinion uh, lauren can attest that often i will bring up topics on the show that i quickly want to divert from because i don't think Mm -hmm. we should be talking about them and i'm the Mm -hmm. only one that brought them up 
<laughs> that happens often. It happened recently on the uh, John Purcell Movies of Ireland episode. Go back and listen. See if you notice when I do it. <laughs> but, Lauren, to Liz's question, yeah. why should she be a Buffy stan? Or should she? Um, You know, it's so interlocked with, like, my youth that I like I it's so hard to detach and ask myself like could I enjoy this property if right. I came to it now I'd like to think so because I think at its core it's a very charmingly cast show right. and the characters are really likable for the most part with a few exceptions here and there yeah. but i think like there's characters to root for there's couples to root for yes. it doesn't feel like sometimes as much as i love them like a teen show can sometimes feel like it's outstayed it's welcome sure and i felt like for me personally i know not everyone loves all the later seasons i felt like it was never really getting stale because they actually let her grow up right and like truly deal with the transition from high school to college, the transition from college to adulthood. Like, and the fact that it was so hard, instead of like fighting against it, they let it be the story engine. Right. right? Like, yeah. And I don't know. I see. I it. thought that was smart. I see it. I would also say to Liz personally, the musical episode, yeah. you should oh. just watch up till then. It really is yeah. like Mm-hmm. It is the best musical episode of of any yeah. television show, and and it just it almost works independently. I would almost say watch yeah. the musical episode, see if you like it, and then work back. Truly, it really does. There will be spoilers, obviously, but it definitely works on its own, and it's it's the only musical episode on television that really made sense. <laughs> like it, it, it's logical and, and plot wise. It, yeah. it moves a lot ahead. Yes. Uh, whereas you know, I know your beloved Grey's episode. It, it's still it doesn't real. You know, it doesn't really. Okay. Well, it doesn't have to. It's not necessarily a a positive or negative, but yeah. The thing, the thing about the Grey's Anatomy musical is that okay. uh, I have cut out one hour of the show. Uh Uh, Lauren (laughs) went on to talk about the Grey's episode for one Mm -hmm. hour. (laughs) Yep. Anyways, uh, Liz, I I think by the end of today's episode, you'll have so many reasons why you got to tune into Buffy. So you're going to have to send us a voice memo, Liz, after you give it a try and let us know what you think. Yeah. Uh, But for now. I think we should check out a real Buffy Stan's thoughts. Hello, we stand together. Ooh, I'm so excited you're doing Buffy. Uh, This is Elena Scopetos. Cool. So I want to share two theories that I like and I want to share about Buffy. Um, The first is a theory that I've heard that I think is cool. It's about uh, the Buffy versus Dracula episode, the season five opener. Uh, I've heard the theory that I mean, the fandom basically thinks that that's kind of a a not great episode and it stands out weird tonally as a season opener. I've heard the theory that it's because the monks, like during that time, during Buffy versus Dracula, the monks were creating Dawn and like shifting reality. So kind of as a placeholder, they were like, I don't know, what's a pop culture? We need to give these people something to do while we're shifting their worlds. So we'll just make them think they're fighting Dracula. So they like constructed that reality of fighting Dracula. And I think that's really funny. The other theory that is my theory that I have is that, so the episode that Spike wakes up from having that dream and realizes he's in love with Buffy. The episode before that, Spike it has like brain surgery. He has that that initiative doctor like literally not knowing what he's doing poking around Spike's brain with his like his his head open and poking around his brain. I think that the doctor 
poked some part of his brain that made his like subconscious love for Buffy that has always been there like come to the surface in that dream. So I think that's how Spike started to realize consciously that he was in love with Buffy because he he got his brain poked. I can't wait to hear this episode. <laughs> wow. Uh, Elena Scapettos. Wow. Okay. The month wow. thing makes perfect sense, actually. I'm into but, it. Yeah. Because I like it. The Dracula thing, I could never figure out if I liked it or not. It's like, is this oh, we're yeah. finally saying Dracula, or is it just kind of like lame? And I, <laughs> I truly mm. don't know. This makes me like it more, so I want to yeah. believe it. No. Spike's brain being poked. What do you think, Laura? I mean, there always seemed to be, I don't know if it was poked, but it, there is a correlation there. We don't know if it was poked. I don't we know can't if it was say. poked, but we can't, we, can't say, we can't say if Spike's brain was poked or not, but that whole initiate, uh, yeah, Professor Maggie Walsh, was it Walsh? Maggie Walsh? I think it was Maggie Walsh. Whatever that badass professor's name was. I, yeah, she was doing things down there. And uh, <laughs> I agree, though, that it was always a subconscious. Oh, for you know, sure. There's there's a fine line between love and hate, always. And you can look back and, and see that, you know, early, early little seeds were dropped that you ignored for a long time. Uh, but yeah, them digging around in his brain. Brought it up to the surface for sure. They poked the brain, folks. <laughs> they poked the brain. All so right. Stacy shared mm-hmm. a, a theory that I, I think I, I have to hear your response to. I can't wait to for everyone to hear this and for us to discuss it. Hey, this is Stacy Kulo, host of the podcast Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. I'm watching Buffy for the very first time, and my boyfriend is watching Gilmore Girls for the very first time. Each episode, we watch an episode of each show and discuss both and try to figure out which one is better. So I'm wondering, which show do you guys think is better, Buffy or Gilmore Girls? I mean, this wow. has to be directed at you more, Lauren. You know, I, I famously mm-hmm. don't know Gilmore Girls very well. I've always thought mm-hmm. about maybe doing what our friend Pat Regan did, which is watching A Year in the Life and then strangely becoming obsessed. That feels right. <laughs> yeah, I think you should. But I, I've seen it and I've never gotten super into it with, but I don't mm-hmm. have anything against it. Yeah. But so, so Lauren, it has to go to you as a stan of, of both. Well, I can say that I have never understood the film Sophie's Choice <laughs> until this moment. Remake? Yeah, this is this is my Sophie's choice because it's how how do you pick because they both mean so much and they're so different. Mm-hmm. I think I'm I honestly think that they are equal. Like wow. I think that they I I really do because I think that they both have strong casts. I think they have smart scripts. I think the design is cool. And then they both have flaws. Right. Uh, I will say in the initial run, we did what we got with Gilmore Girls that we didn't get with Buffy is we got the we got the reunion. We got the a year in the life. So there were some things that I didn't love about how the series ended that kind of I got some closure with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there are some things with Buffy in particular because and i never really watched angel that regularly but even after buffy ended some of those characters would come back on angel and so there's i don't know i didn't 
I guess now that I have a year in the life, I feel more satisfied mm-hmm. with how that story ended than how Buffy ended. Right. And also, you know, there is the issue. I don't think we want to dwell on it too much in this space, yeah. but the creator of the a Buffy yes. verse is is not someone we're a fan as of. No. Whereas Amy Sherman Palladino is is a hero to many. Yeah, she's just wearing those quirky hats. She's not abusing anyone or you know spreading her toxic masculinity all over the place. Uh, yeah, the Josh Whedon of it all. He does. He sours it. It sucks. Mm-hmm. It sucks that the creator turns out. He sucks. You know what's funny? I I I know that you are not an angel completist, but what I'm not. What's interesting to me about that is it really reminds me of Lucifer, which is a show you love. It's tonally so similar. I think I would probably like Angel a lot more now. My mistrust of the series came from just I just didn't like Angel after a while. Like, yeah. For me, Angel and Cordelia leaving, they left when they needed to leave and then I didn't I didn't need them anymore. You know, I feel that I bet you would like it now, though. I think I'd, I should. You know what? Maybe when I'm done watching Chasing Life, I'll go back and watch Angel. Oh, yeah, but then you should watch Chasing Life again. I think Stacy. Great <laughs> question, though. Great question, Stacy. Tune into her pod. You got to check it out if you like this pod. And then we have what do we call this person? A friend of the show? Uh, Our number one troll, I think. Right. Number one troll of the show. Juan Leon was a delight to have on the show when we talked horror movies. Absolutely. We loved it. A great episode. And mm-hmm. a really a great question here as well. Yeah. Who's the better Willow? Straight Willow? Gay Willow? Or evil Willow? <laughs> wow. Wow, 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 wow. Of the three wow. Willows were given. Well, here's the thing, Juan. Okay. They're all the same Willow. Uh-oh. She can she contains multitudes, you know, she's always just Willow and in her willowness, she is perfect. Right. He's done a wonderful troll thing here. And I, mm-hmm, I think students mm-hmm. of standing and trolling should should pay yeah. attention, whereas he, he's identifying early seasons Willow as straight Willow, making it impossible yep. to choose <laughs> straight Willow. <laughs> you would mm-hmm. look like an asshole if you picked yeah. straight Willow, even if yeah. maybe you Relate to that little nerdier willow Mm. that was a little less self-actualized, that saw the softer side of Sears. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, you know, he's leading us down a path, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's expert. It's trolling at its finest. I will say, and I've talked about this before, you know, I was deeply hurt by (laughs) Oz's departure. It was a personal attack. But, you know, I came to really love Tara. And I do think that Willow is her best self when she's happy with Tara. Yeah, I, I could see that for sure. I mean, amazing actors, all three. I just, I think the thing is, is what we never got because Seth Green wanted out of his contract and also the <laughs> world wasn't quite culturally ready for it. But I never got the thruple I deserved. I wanted to let them all live together, see them all happy. I think we all you know, know that that's right there on archiveofourown.org. <laughs> wow. This has already been a lot of thoughts. And this is yeah, th- barely scratching the surface. We're just scratching the surface. But we're going to we're gonna take a quick break because I do need to pull up my favorite Buffy <laughs> oh, fanfic God. from I, Archive oh, of My no, Own. And do. we'll be right back. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. 
And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch. And organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. All right, folks, we are back. Caitlin has Venmoed me $500 not to read my favorite Buffy fanfic. So uh, if you want me to do that, you'll have to slide into the DMs and I, we can arrange something. I can send you my Zoom link or something. Right. But, yeah. 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 Bribery mm-hmm. works. It does. We we have shifting gears. Super, yeah. super important question from Victoria Edel. Mm. Okay. So I watched... I think most of the first season, I think I maybe finished it. So I'm like Buffy curious, you know, I'm, I'm interested. Obviously there's the barrier to entry that is Joss, but whatever, we don't need to talk about it. Um, you know, I know there's so many men <laughs> on this show. Um, what would be your ranking of sort of who would make the best boyfriend who would you most want to be your boyfriend? Who did you want to be your boyfriend when it was airing? And has that changed? Um, and wow, I I want to say his name, but I feel so stressed about if it's a hard or soft G. Um, but I'm just going to go for Giles. Giles? 
I don't remember. He's my number one guy. I can't lie. When I see Anthony head on Ted Lasso, I'm like, it's okay, baby. I know you're really a sweetheart librarian. (laughs) Wow. Well, I mean, I think anyone who's ever talked to me for five minutes is going to know who my number one is. Oz? Yeah. Well, obviously. I do ask because you are a huge Spuffy person. Oh, I love spike and i and i do ship buffy and spike hard and do i want would i want to hook up with spike in a dilapidated house of course (laughs) like of course that's something that i want and i've talked about many times before but if victoria's asking me like for me who am i gonna date not the characters on the show gotcha i want to date oz yeah Oz all day, every day. That little scene where he's playing with the animal crack. When mm-hmm. the, I, uh, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Oz all day, every day. Yeah. What about you? Oh, I also like Giles. I, I totally see that. And when he's in love with yeah. Jenny Calendar, it's so charming. It is. It is really I, charming. I would probably say Spike, though. Hmm. I mean, I love I love Spike. I would be so I happy. love Oz, too. That's not exactly my type, but he's the absolute yeah. best of that genre of character. He's just so sweet. Um, I'll tell you who can absolutely just never learn my phone number. <laughs> Get the fuck out, Riley Finn. I hated Riley from the second his all-American boy next door face popped onto the screen. I loathed Riley so hard. Hmm. Start to finish. That's interesting. Ugh. He was disgusting to me. I... Loved Angel to a point and then was so ready for him to leave when he left. You know who I did really like towards the end was the principal in the later seasons who <laughs> Faith ends up with Robin Wood. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I did love him. Yeah, it's pretty good. Well, sometimes I re- forget he was there and then I remember and I'm like, oh, we had it so good. And we didn't even know. Wow. I love him. Former guest Emily Duke also mm-hmm. had uh, some things to say about you know her own sexuality and buffy okay okay truly the fact that i'm about to limit any commentary on buffy to 60 seconds is like an olympic feat on my part and i'm just extremely proud of myself um i do think something that comes to mind for me that we all need to talk about is that like truly my sexual preference is just giles strangling ben and talking about how wonderful Buffy is uh, and just being like, she's better than us and then strangling the shit out of Ben. And I just think Giles does not get enough play for just the full sex god that he is. Um, Yeah, so that will be my go-to. And also, how is Spike hotter when he's good but Angel is hotter when he's bad? Like, it's complicated. Like, I just, I have a lot of queries. Okay. Wow. I will say this. I think Spike was hot when he was bad and hot when he was good. I don't think there's a Spike that's not hot. I see what she's saying, though. But I think the thing is, it's because it's the transition. It's the opposite of the way you meet them. And there's something right, right, to right. that. So, I yeah. mean, Emily's choice is is Giles specifically strangling Ben. <laughs> <laughs> so that's her boyfriend on the show. And I think it's time to play a game. Okay, I would love to play a game. This is a game that I have created for Lauren to play. <gasps> and it's interesting oh because it's called Angel Spike or Riley. It's what? a version of <laughs> Fuck Mary Kill, except 
Now you will angel spike or Riley them, meaning you will have sex with them and they will lose their soul. He will sacrifice his life for you and destroy the town of Sunnydale. Or you will kill him because he is boring. Now, that last one is not canonical to the series. It's more of a fan fiction thing, but I think we would all want to kill Riley. Yes. Oh, my God. So let's start with the actors that played these characters. David Boreanaz, James Marsters, and Mark Blucas. Who are you going to angel? Who are you going to spike? And who are you going to Riley? I'm going to angel, angel, spike, spike, and Riley, Riley. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting to note, Mark Blucas, who seems like a fine man, is the stepfather of Christian Slater's children. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) that's fun. That is fun. I love that for him. I like it more now. All right. The hot people of Bridgerton. We have Mm. Roger Jean Page, Simone Ashley, and Jonathan Bailey. These are going to get harder. I'm going to spike Jonathan Bailey. Mm-hmm. I'm going to angel Simone. And then, sorry, I got a Riley, the one who left because he's not on season two. That's fair. These are going to get tougher. Now, here's the okay. WB Madness category. James Vanderbeek, okay. okay. Chad Michael Murray, <laughs> or Scott Speedman? Well, I want to spike Scott Speedman. And then I guess I'm going to... For funsies, I'll Angel Dawson and then I, I'll Riley Chad Michael Murray because he cheated on Sophia. That's fine, yeah. We'll never forget. We'll never forget. All right. Now these were turning back in logic. The characters of Grace, Jackson, <laughs> Tom, okay. or McSteamy? Oh, I'm going to spike Tom. I'm going to... <laughs> this is so crazy. I'm going to Angel McSteamy. Right. And then I'm going to Riley Jackson. Wow. Sorry. That's tough. I'm ill. I'm deeply ill. All right. These last two categories are going to be tough. The creators and stars of It's Always Sunny, (gasps) Charlie, Rob, (sighs) and Glenn, the actors, the real people. I'm going to spike Charlie. We all saw that coming. And then, (sighs) damn it. Yeah. Oh, damn it. This one's really hard. Mm-hmm. You are going to I be rallying either Rob McElhaney or <sighs> Glenn Howerton. I guess I'm going to angel Rob and I'm going to have to Riley Glenn. Wow. I'm going to oh, have to Riley Glenn. Oh, my gosh. She Riley Glenn Howerton, folks. <laughs> All right. This last one is created to give you an aneurysm. It is the oh my goats God. category. <sighs> Joshua Jackson, Seth Green, <laughs> and Simu Liu. <laughs> You had to be suspicious when Joshua Jackson wasn't in the WB category. That had to, in the back of your head, be like, something's wrong. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is so hard. This is... Oh, my God. I thought I knew what Sophie's choice was, and now I really know know what Sophie's choice is. I know. You really are learning a lot about history. Wow. God forgive me. I'm going to spike Josh. I think we all saw that coming. Anything can happen at this point. I'm going to I'm going to Angel Simu and I'm going to have to Riley Seth. Oh my god. Oh my god. So this sorry. is where the fanatic producers did not pick you. Listen, I'm sorry. That's just where I am right now. That's just like we have to look at where we are today, not where we were in 1997, you know? I never agree with that statement. (laughs) Well, thank you, Lauren, for playing Angel Spike O'Reilly, one of the cruelest games ever created for the show. But let's get back into it with some thoughts of some cogent and, and not ever trying to be mean people. 
which makes them different than me. We have great friend of the show, Lauren Ashley Smith. Wow, wow, wow. What a privilege and an honor to have the floor to share one of my many Buffy hot takes. Um, you don't get that opportunity very often, and I do not take it lightly, so thank you. I want to discuss my hot take, which is that Buffy season four, episode one, The Freshman, is one of the series' best. People don't usually talk about it in that way because season four is, I would say, universally perplexing, to say the least, to most Buffy fans. It is a really hard season. It's a season in which we meet Riley and which in which we have the episode Beer Bad, just horrible stuff. But The Freshman is such a great episode because it does a lot of heavy lifting. It reboots the series from the high school world that we know to Buffy's new college world. It teaches us how Buffy is when she doesn't have all of her go-tos and her tools at her disposal. Her friends and her watcher are off living their lives. Her weapons get stolen. And, you know, we get to see her cope with those things in a really cool, interesting way. And I still get chills every time I see or think of the episode, the part of the episode where after Buffy has fallen through the skylight, she's dislocated her shoulder. She doesn't have any of her stuff. She wasn't prepared to fight Sunday and her gang of vampires at that moment. And Buffy pushes her shoulder back into the socket and she says the arms hurt it's not broken and then she gets to fight him it is incredible i I really think that it is just such a great uh thematic representation of the show which is that like buffy you know needs her friends and needs you know giles and all these things but at her core she does she is the chosen one and so she can get it done um when it when push comes to shove and i just think it's a fantastic fantastic episode that never gets its due and that needs to stop wow i it's so funny i i so strongly agree and and lauren ashley doesn't know this but this is the first episode that my mom ever saw of buffy because i was doing a rewatch with my brother and sister-in-law on dvd and they like were busy or couldn't watch or something and i asked my mom if she would watch it with me and she was watching it and she asked me why is this girl having trouble like why if she's like a superhero is she Mm. struggling and i was like well her thing is she's the vampire slayer, but she's not really that strong academically. She doesn't always thrive in those um, spaces. And she's usually with these other like friends, which Lauren actually mentioned, you don't see as mm-hmm. much in this episode. And I remember just a light going on in my mom's eyes like, wow, that's a really complicated character. And yeah. I have always loved that episode as well. And, and my mom grew to be like the biggest Buffy Stan I know. She like also never knew any actors names i remember her mentioning james marsters once and i was like terrified i was like oh my god she probably has his home address and uh, another great part of that episode that lauren actually did mention is that her protector award that she got at the prom is broken so she basically like won high school effectively and that means nothing on day one of college which is you know so relatable uh i absolutely love that episode I, i couldn't agree more and i i always had a soft spot for four i understand it's it it is what it is but it it was very realistic to me in that it's like an ugly transition time. Yeah. 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 I agree. No notes. All all perfect takes. And our friend Elena is back also to talk about season four. Wow, wow, wow. Hi, it's Elena with another Buffy thought. Um, just a thought about like season four. I know that's a very a lot of people say that's the worst season. And I 
actually think there's a ton of really great stuff in season four, but I think the initiative and Riley and Adam kind of make the season not great. Uh, a thing that I think would be would have made season four better was get rid of Riley and have Xander have his whole plot be that he enlisted in the army. You know, he was so lost, he wasn't going to college, so he decided to enlist in the army, and then he gets recruited to the initiative. So our in in the initiative becomes Xander, and he's, you know, he found himself, he finally has a place, he finally, you know, in the initiative, like, he already knows a tons about tons about demons and stuff, so, like, he feels great, and then he finds out it's bad, and it's, like, tough for him. I think that would have been interesting. What do you think? No, I think that's really smart. And that's I think really that's really smart. And I also think that's really relatable too. Like I remember really distinctly a friend from a couple who was a couple years ahead of me in high school and he was a little bit lost. He like for various reasons ended up in the Navy for a minute. And once he got there, just realized he was surrounded by people who just did not align yeah. with him. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, and and he just was like deeply lost for a while and like i think there's a lot of people who've gone on that journey i think that would have been a really relatable storyline i think you could have gotten a lot of the plot points still um and also we wouldn't have had to deal with riley which yeah is the worst part i think season four isn't bad i think riley's bad <laughs> riley yeah. just sucks i mean i think you could definitely say season four is the worst season but i think that's something has to be you know and yeah. I, I agree with her there's a lot of good episodes mm-hmm it is an awkward transition. I agree. The the initiative stuff, it didn't quite tone. I, I, there's just, there's almost an aesthetic that's weird about it that doesn't fit the rest yeah. of the show. But it, yeah, but I, I agree. But it, I think that's a good rewrite. Yeah. By Elena. I think that would have been great. Yeah. I'd watch that show. <sighs> yeah. Hire us and our friends more. That's the Hello. lesson here. And, and speaking uh, of our friends, the trolls back. <laughs> <laughs> Number one troll here again. I have never understood why everyone hated Dawn Summers, question mark. This to me is the easiest question to answer. It's because we all wanted to be Dawn. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Right? I mean, and maybe this is just because I'm, I'm a little bit younger, but yeah. I used to watch that show and it constantly be like, there could be a little sister character. Like Xander could have, like one of them could have a little sister. Like the fact that none of them had all only children until, yeah. Or, or like, or if like, there's just, there was never that thing. I like would watch it all the time. You'd be like, I would be so good on the show. <laughs> and so when Michelle fucking Trackenberg, who already got to be Harriet the spy shows up and she's winning again, <laughs> you're like, damn girl, you get it all. Like Michelle Trackenberg is out here just winning nonstop. And so I think you had to hate Dawn because you wanted to, be done that's, that's interesting yeah i do think that's an age difference thing between you and me because i i wouldn't have yeah. thought of it that way but i think i agree with perhaps the, the thought behind what juan's question which is it, there's nothing wrong with dawn per se it, it's the way she's introduced which is intentional to make you feel yeah. ill at ease like that that yes. is part of that dynamic so I, I think she does a lot of great acting on the show we love michelle trachtenberg despite personal grievances yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i'm jealous of her That's but fine. i love her yeah i love the dawn and spike relationship their friendship is one of my favorites on the show yeah that's a good point <laughs> so i guess like one the only thing i hated is that i wasn't her so i don't know i don't know why other people hate her that's my theory yeah yeah but speaking of the actors that played these mm -hmm. roles guess who's back it's elena wow somebody really likes the show either ours or buffy but we'll never know 
Can't be both. (laughs) Can't be both. We've made sure. Hi, it's Elena with one more Buffy thought. Um, So I have heard that Charisma Carpenter originally was auditioning for Buffy and Sarah Michelle Gellar was originally auditioning for Cordelia. Do we think that version of the series works? I, I don't know because I feel like we get glimpses in Angel of Cordelia and Angel of maybe what her Buffy might have looked like or been or been like but I uh, I don't know I think they I think they make the right decision what do you think charisma was not a Buffy I'll say that she she was Cordelia through and through yeah I think ultimately they made they they made the right call well it's for sure true the rumor because SMG would tell anyone within 10 miles those in her first decade of stardom that Mm -hmm. She was originally cast as Cordelia and took the chance to re-audition mm-hmm. for Buffy. Uh, it's very much part of her origin story as a megastar that that happened. Here's the thing. I would have watched the show with her as Cordelia. I don't know if I would have watched Charisma as Buffy. Charisma's also one of those actors in a teen thing that you know they're 27 and just this way yeah that, and, and i don't know if that works for the lead it's fine for it was great cordelia because yeah. there's something about cordelia where she's she doesn't want to be in high you know she's, she's, she's so, above it she's all. more sophisticated so the fact yeah. that she's clearly 27 is fine in a way that i'm not sure would have worked for buffy not that i mean she was older than her character too but not not dramatically yeah well this does you know it makes me wonder like, because obviously we're not going to see a reboot with the original cast, but if they did it or like a reunion or whatever, but like if they did a reboot, like who would be the Buffy of today? I'm going to say I truly have no idea. I, I don't mm. like I, it's going to be like a Disney star type person. And I feel like I'm really out of that world. Mm. Mm. I wish they would do a Katie Holmes and like actually cast someone that was just in school plays and stuff. But like, that's not popular anymore. Like you have to have like been in SAG since you were three to <laughs> get any job. Yeah. I mean, especially as a child actor, but really any job. And actually SMG was that as well. Yeah, I was going to say, she had been working pretty hard. Wasn't she like doing Ruthless with Britney Spears as a child? No, she's like the only actress that wasn't doing that. <laughs> it was Laura Bell Bundy and, and Natalie Portman. Yeah. But no, she she did Burger King commercials. She did All My Children. She was, children. She did, you know, yeah. she was at the Professional Children's Theater. Yeah. I'm just well, saying what I would like for the next yeah. generation. Not that those aren't good actors. Of course they are, because they've been in SAG since right. they were three, but it's more what I want in the world. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to give you what you want. Okay, and Speaking great. of things that we want, friend of the show, Katie Swan, has something that she wishes would have happened. Hi, Lauren and Caitlin. It's Katie. Um, so my Buffy hot take is, I don't know how hot this take is, but I've felt this way for many years, and it is that the season five, episode 16, um, should have gotten Sarah Michelle Geller a lot. I'm more, I mean, at bare minimum, it should have gotten her at like a People's Choice Award because it is, I'm sure everybody knows what episode I'm talking about. If you're a Buffy stan, it is the episode titled The Body, where, but spoiler, no, not spoiler alert. It's been 20 years, um, where Buffy comes home to discover that her mother, Joyce, has suddenly died of an aneurysm. And SMG's performance in this episode is so gut wrenching. 
And really the whole cast is on their A-game. Even like Michelle Trachtenberg in the very controversial role of Dawn is just giving it to us when Buffy goes to the school to let her know that their mom died. I mean, good Lord. So... That, I guess, is my hot take. Like I said, I don't know how hot it is. I think a lot of people feel like this, actually. But um, it's one of my strongest opinions concerning the Buffy universe. So thank you so much for listening. Bye. Wow. That Absolutely. was... I've never heard her so passionate. That's exciting. So, okay. So the body aired February 27th, 2001. Mm-hmm. So then that would have been... The 2001 Emmys still, right? Because the Emmys were in the fall. So, you know who won that year? I don't. Edie Falco. For The Sopranos. Yeah. I mean, I think if this show was airing today, she would get a nomination. I think that this show in particular really, like, advanced the idea of acting within genre Mm -hmm. television shows. And now you're seeing, you know, Zendaya win for a teen show. Yeah. It just was a different time. It, it was pigeonholed. Right. And I think like CSI, Marge, the who played the character of Catherine, she was nominated that year. And I think like an SMG could slide into that. Hole yeah, because procedurals are out now, I think, as They're far as nominations, now. interestingly. But this particular year, the nominees were Edie Falco for The Sopranos, Amy Brenneman for Judging Amy, uh, Marge Heldenberger for CSI, Lorena Bracco for The Sopranos, and Seal Award for Once and Again. So, Yeah, they, they did yeah. skew older and like a, a pretty narrow definition of drama mm-hmm. at that time. Yeah. Whereas I think she would get, I mean, I, I think it's absolutely something she would have been nominated. I think a Golden Globe win would have been easy these days. Golden Globe is yeah. always honoring these types of performances now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she's robbed, even though she is a daytime Emmy winner for she is. All My Children. So she's still only three away from that EGOT. Oh, wow. In 2001, the Golden Globe went to Jennifer Garner for Alias. That's even a ch- changing of the guard there a little <gasps> bit, I'd say. What's wild is Lauren Graham for Gilmore Girls was nominated that season. There you go. But again, she's the mm. older one in it, you know? Yeah, yeah. But totally agree. Wow. I mean, I think... And now, but the, also, WB was not getting nominated for stuff. Like, Alias is on Fox and... ABC. Oh, there you go. Even even more so, my even, point. Even, yeah, yeah. And, like, now, like, Kira Sedgwick has won for something on TNT. Like, you couldn't have told mm-hmm. someone that 10 years later, someone would win for something on TNT. TNT, she had her first win in 2006. Isn't that wild? At the Golden Globes. At the Golden Globes. I, yeah, Emmys. But yes. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we, we love Kira. And she should have been in the Buffyverse. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's a stunning episode. And when you look at her entire season five work, which includes the robot, Sarah Michelle Gellar, I mean, mm-hmm. unstoppable in season five. Absolutely. Absolutely unstoppable. All right. Well, I think we need to take a minute to mourn. The awards. Well, that I was thinking we could start a uh, retroactive oh, Emmy lifetime campaign. achievement. She did win a lot yeah. of Teen Choice awards when it really mattered. And have we ever done a Teen Choice lifetime achievement award? Because we should. You and I. We'll be right back. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yep. We should host them. We're going to host it. <laughs> be ready for our live show, Teen Choice lifetime achievement ceremony. All now right. that I've said it, it's going to happen. We got to take a break. <laughs>
You know, as we wrap up, we, we got two voicemails on a topic mm. that it feels like people could not feel more passionate about. And I wow. I didn't predict it. I didn't predict it. Okay. But that's why that's why we open up the floor to the stands. That's why we listen to you. Mm-hmm. The first is once again from America's favorite troll. America's favorite troll. Wow. Juan here again with a shocking but firm stand that the best character in Buffy is Anya. Wow. I'm going to go right into friend of the show, Nicole Dressbulls. Okay. Thoughts. Because they are of one mind. Okay. Okay. If Anya was going to die, they should have just killed her off at the end of Selfless. They do nothing meaningful with her the rest of season seven and then just kill her off in the finale anyway in a death that is mostly forgettable. And is not what that character deserved. Selfless, however, would have been a really great send-off. Killing Halfrick instead does nothing except surprise us and tell us Dehoffrin is not to be fucked with. But we never see Dehoffrin again, so who cares? It just would have been a better send-off. And it would have been the uh, the ending, not that character deserved, because she deserved to be better used. But it would have at least been an impactful ending. Mm. Wow. So we have, we have two huge Anya stands. <laughs> I agree. I think Emma Caulfield as Anya is uh, true perfection. I think the acting is a 10 out of 10. I think the character is a 10 out of 10. And I agree. At the end, they really lost sight of how wonderful she was. And it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the character was introduced as a one-off character Mm -hmm. and a monster of the week. But you know what? She came in there with that 90210 confidence. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Those that knew were like, that's Susan. Susan ain't going nowhere. And (laughs) Emma Caulfield, wonderful, wonderful actress. I love her. It's interesting, Nicole's point, because I I see what she's saying, Mm -hmm. but I also kind of like the death. I like that it happens in such a mortal way. And I have to say, one of my favorite lines is of the whole show is Andrew mm-hmm. telling Xander that Anya has died. Yeah. She died saving my life. That's an approximation of the, of the yeah. dialogue. But I agree to Nicole's kind of point that why are we prioritizing Andrew's story over Anya's when Anya is the better character? I, I get that. But I don't know. I actually always really like that line. I like that line. I think there's a way they could have set it up just better. We could have gotten that beautiful because I agree that moment with Andrew and, and Xander's great, but we could have gotten there in a better way. Mm. It was just, I think that we were, there were so many steps along the way to that moment that didn't work, but that moment does. And Anya is a great character because we keep seeing this sort of same journey of yeah Buffy, you know, going and it's kind of in the movie and it's, it's sort of unclear what the level of continuation between the movie and the show is, but, you know, a brat, basically, who's given Mm -hmm. this responsibility and grows through it and grows into it. And then you see Anya with that same journey, kind of, of someone that's explicitly Mm -hmm. (laughs) self-centered and is by design. And then you see an angel with Cordelia, basically, which is uh, to to Elena's point about how you see how she would have played Buffy and Angel. And maybe Anya just got too big too quick. Like, she was just too much... Of a great character. You know, maybe she needs a spinoff. One of my favorite running jokes of the series is that Anya's afraid of bunnies. It's <laughs> yeah. never not funny every yeah. time they bring it up. And in the musical episode, when she goes off on her little bunnies tyrant, yeah. like, it's just a perfectly dumb joke. I mean, she, James Barsters, and Anthony Head, just, and Amber Benson, just, they eat that musical episode up. They... 
destroy. Oh, Emma Caulfield was like, you thought I wasn't going to be excited? <laughs> oh, I'm excited. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's so crazy. Well, you know, Caitlin, before we leave, I, I couldn't help but okay. wonder okay. at something. Uh-oh. You know, Carrie, Carrie Bradshaw. <laughs> you know, I, I do live on the Upper East Side. It's impossible not to tap into my inner voice of Carrie Bradshaw. But that is not the property I'm going to bring up. Something that you Uh-oh. sort of brought up earlier um, is the, the world of Grey's Anatomy it, it is always near us. We're always thinking about it. And something you and I have talked about Please. off air a little bit is there has not been enough Buffy to Grey's crossover. Not nearly. Right? Like Seth Green was the only one that really had a, ma- a major moment on Grey's mm-hmm, Anatomy mm-hmm. from the Buffy cast. And, you know, since Grey's Anatomy is 18 seasons going strong, never going to die. The good news is, is we still have time to get some of these phenomenal Buffy actors into Seattle. So my question for you is, first, I'm going to start with Spike, James Marstis. How do we get him into into Seattle? If he is going to do a guest star, or is it a serious right? Like, where where does he live in the hospital? That's the question. That's the question. Okay. Um, I think he's a villain, like a corporate villain that comes in and is like doing cost cutting around (gasps) the hospital and he's going to be adversarial to weber and to gray and bailey and it's actually going to unite them because they've had splinters and it's going to unite them because he's evil now it doesn't make sense because he's british and it's the american system that's evil but but that's he's going to play with that he's going to play with that so he's still going to be British, even though the actual actor is from California. Oh, yeah. It's going to be Spike. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. It is Spike. Okay. Okay. It's Spike. Okay. Cool. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. It's like- Great. Okay. Bye-bye. What about Anthony Stewart Head, who played Giles? How is he going to be in the Grey's verse? I know it's hard. I think he's a doctor, for sure. Okay. I think I like maybe that. he has a different cure for Parkinson's. Oh! <gasps> Ooh, a bit of a foil. And then it's like they should work together ethically, but, you know, they're kind of at an impasse, too, because there's all sorts of legalities with, you know, the research. Yeah. But they let him, something's happened to his lab, so they Mm -hmm. let him charitably use theirs. So they're they're existing in the same space. Wow. Wow. This is the Minnesota lab. I love that. Yeah, the Minnesota lab where we all want to spend more time. I love it. Um, Okay, great. What about, and I, this is probably the actor I'm most surprised I haven't seen on the show yet, Michelle Trachtenberg. Wow, very weird. I mean, obviously a patient. uh, We've seen her in a Mm -hmm. cast a long time. We know she can do it. We know she can do it. But maybe let's see her be a mom who's sick. A very emotional episode. Maybe something where like, She's a mom, but her mom is donating mm-hmm. a kidney to her. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I love that. I love that. Okay. Now, what about Christine Sutherland, who played Joy Summers, Buffy's mom? Wow. I know. I feel like we don't see her enough, and I miss her. What if she's Molly and Lexi Gray's aunt, <gasps> maternal aunt? Wow. Yep. Mm-hmm. And she has something unresolved about Lexi that she's bringing to <sighs> Meredith. And when she wow, says wow, your wow, sister, wow. Meredith says, which of the 45 people that I consider my sister are you talking about? And That's she's crazy. like, well, not your living sister. And then Meredith would say, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> and then like Lexi. Wow. I love that. 
Okay. All right. Now, this is someone who's definitely chemistry tested. Oh, okay. Probably for the role of Link. Uh, oh, Mark Lucas, who played Riley Finn. How's he getting into the Grey's verse? I think you said it. He, he is Link's older brother. <laughs> that was actually a trick question. He's never allowed to be on Grey's Anatomy because I'm too furious about how much I hated Riley. Oh, but okay. if he is going to slip in, you are you're probably right. Now... We'll hold off on the SMG, but anyone that I haven't mentioned besides SMG from the world of Buffy that you would want to see on Grace? I think Allison Hannigan could do mm-hmm. an arc. Okay. I think she should come in as maybe Peds. I think that would be cool. Wow. Not for season after season, but like five episodes. Can I pitch an idea that I have? So... We all loved it when they did the weird um, nostalgia week and the girls of Charmed came in and did a guest. Yes. Now, we have famously done presentations on this, but we're worried about the fact that we don't think Sarah Michelle Gellar and Allison Hannigan are still friends. It doesn't feel good. DM us for more info. Yeah, we we have a PowerPoint we can send you. Here's the thing. I think... And this is my twisted brain working. I think that the Grey's Anatomy set is even less hospitable than the Buffy set was. <laughs> yeah, and I think yeah. Allison and Sarah getting booked as like, I don't know, maybe a surrogate and the mother oh, or wow. some sort of like situation. Yes. And it's really emotional. And not only are the scenes really vulnerable and high stakes, but they look around the set and they realize, wow, as toxic as our workplace was, it could have been so much worse. Okay. So there's a meta thing where you need them Mm -hmm. as actors to see that they have it. Okay. And then I think then not only do we get a great episode of television that we crave, but we reunite two women that for whatever reason... I need to be friends. Right. I need them. I feel unwell that they, I don't think they're friends. Lauren, honestly, just the plot of your surrogate being someone you've known in high school but don't keep up with is... <gasps> right? I am, like, crying. I think that is... That's such a good idea for its own show, its own episode of mm-hmm. Grey's, and its own episode of Buffy. Like, that is amazing. So that's it. Um, okay. That's it for both of them. But, like, let's just do another SMG one for fun. Yeah. Well, I think she's obviously a Catherine Fox award winner. Obviously. Maybe multiple. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she comes in. She's worked with Yang at that European. We love a Yang reference. Medical thing. So, yeah, she's Yang verse, but Yang doesn't trust her. In fact, <gasps> she texts Meredith Ooh. ahead of time. Danger zone. In fact, yeah. she has some pithy line. She's like, oh, yeah, I know Christina Yang. I taught her something, something, something. And you're like, whoa. And they have to learn to trust her. It's like two episodes. It's not too many because she, she's got to yeah. plan her one birthday party she does for her two kids. That takes up nine months. <laughs> That's nine months of the year gone. But it, it just checks them all a little and they're all like, yeah, we got to be better at our yeah. game. But I like the the other one better. Well, I think I think this is great. I love this all. And so um, writers of Grey's, because we know you are listening and a, every 15th suggestion we give you, you take. Good work bringing Scott Speedman back. Now get get the cast of Buffy on your show. Yeah, do it. Do this for us. I mean, the One Tree Hill girls have to be DMing them constantly, being like, here's ideas for us all together. <laughs> I mean, they all have parts. Yeah, Bethany's already been on the show, so. So is Hillary Burton. She had sex with oh, yeah. Arizona Robbins. Oh, yeah. 
it's just Sophia that hasn't crossed over. But they'd be willing to come back as different characters. They they don't mind. Oh, you they don't care. They'll do anything to be together. <sighs> Thank well, you stand, stand so much thanks. to our our stand stands that sent in wonderful questions and hot takes. Oh my gosh, so much. And please don't be afraid to DM us. Be like Liz. Tell us what wb shows are you interested in or what beyond the wb are you interested in because clearly we'll take notes yeah wb madness is not over but maybe in the waning days so if you haven't heard our episode on a show you love yet you better get in there and tell us and if you're wondering are they gonna do my favorite show you better slide into the dms and ask let us know what your favorite show is we want to hear from you stan stans and as always we want you to follow us on social media. We've got a brand new web series that is out. We've had four episodes so far, two more to go. So be sure to follow We Stand Social on Instagram, on TikTok. Heart fave, spread it around. <laughs> Do your thing. Do the heart thing. Do the heart thing. Well, this has been great. I had so much fun going to Sunnydale with you today. Yes, we are Sunnydale High graduates. <laughs> wow. Okay, well... It's time to leave the hell mouth, so I guess uh, <laughs> we'll catch you later, Stan Stan. Later. Bye. Bye.